Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking on Charge podcast. Uh, today we're actually on episode 10. I think the last episode I said it was 10, but it was really 9. But because oh, everybody's getting episode, a treat. Everybody's getting a treat. We're doing two episode 10s. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, we're actually doing an episode through Discord today. Uh, just a lot of things came up with the schedule. So we'll see how this records and how it kind of you know moves forward. Maybe we'll do this again, maybe not. But... Uh, we have a little bit of an interesting episode to go over today. Uh, let me do introductions. Sorry. Jonathan with Team Salt Boys. Um, this is Marco with Team Meta Club. Oh, sorry, I had an issue. Uh, this is Ryan with Team Rays. Oh, shit. What? <laughs> My God. I hate y'all both. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> what is this? I thought we had Team Lethal in the house. No, it's lethally no more. Yeah, so public service announcement. Ryan can do an hour later up to him, but yeah. He <laughs> is with Team Rays now. Team Lethal has been disbanded for, you know, their own reason and so forth. But yeah. Yeah, this is truly the, the what was it? <laughs> the darkest timeline, I think someone mentioned, someone said. <laughs> Bro. I'm, I'm just a loss for words right now. That's right. And, we are the Dark Empire rises. Oh fuck! So there's a regular empire now, a Dark Empire. Hell yeah, the best empire. Angleton's regular empire, then, huh? And we're not talking about Team Empire because uh, I don't think they're that good. No, I'm just kidding, Ooh. Ernest. I'm kidding, Ernest. I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! That's so. <laughs> <laughs> Had to keep it going. All right, all right. Let, let's get into the episode. We can talk about this later at the end where we're giving shout-outs because this is definitely going to be brought up again. <laughs> um, I'm actually, I'm actually going to kill my mic. Get there. Oh, I'll talk for you. <laughs> so today is Monday, June the 7th. We just had a, our first major quote-unquote event of the year for the new set. Uh, online webcam regional for Core TCG, which happened on Saturday. We had a, a top 16, or I think it topped at top 8, but we, we have the top 16 list. Um, Brian, Marco, what are your takeaways from this list? Is there anything surprising? I know there's one big glaring surprise, but anything else surprising that made this list? Yes. Oh. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm super surprised that somebody decided to take... Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say Theavix, because we're all talking about that. That somebody decided to take Cell Surge... And they prove that um, they're all better than Eggman because everybody's better than Eggman. But that oh. that 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 wasn't that wasn't the big big surprise in the room. The big surprise in the room was that there was two baby tops, and they were both using the new Majin Buu unison, which is a, the poly, in my opinion, the best unison for blue that exists. I don't think any unison. It definitely hits the top of five unisons of all of all time. Yeah, and it's so good. And there's also there's even a strong argument for you to make that it's the best unison. There there is a strong argument there. I mean, yeah, I don't I can't argue with that. It's it's one. It looks beautiful in the SPR version too. It's just fucking disgusting. We talked about it last episode how broken it was. Yeah. So the thing that the thing that's really interesting is that so everybody always thought that the only surge leader that was really able to make a stand in today's meta, in the previous meta, 20 metas ago or whatever, was like Invoker. But Cell Surge, you know, from time to time has always made that appearance in Top Cut, you know, regardless if it's one in every five events and so forth. But 
here we see that, you know, Cell Search actually took first place after it's all said and done. There was no top cut play out, so it was just standings after Swiss, but, you know, still Cell Search definitely made an appearance and they took the event, so that's definitely exciting to see. And looking at the list right now, it's just a couple, you know, it's kind of like still the standard list that both Cell Surge uses. He was going with both Unison, he ran four of the Demigra, three of the Dark Broly Unison, you know, pretty standard most of the time, but he definitely added that Evolution uh, Booster set Rosie Blast Manipulator, the one who gets played for three greens. You drop two cards on play against triple attack. I've always been a big fan of that card. I'm just waiting for a card to make its appearance in the meta, which it did already. And I really like that addition to the deck list. We also see the arrival. Android 13, the mission begins. I believe this is the one where he comes in at the start of your opponent's turn. They have to choose two of their battle cards and KO them. So it's just more disruption for your opponent to where if they don't control any battle cards with barrier, there's it's just not going to be able to maintain the board. The thing that I like about this deck is that... Um... Uh, but it gives you a lot of board control until you get to the Broly Unison, and then the Broly Unison gives you uh, hand control and board control. So it lets there. There's a viable way to get to turn three with this deck. That's very true. Yeah, you can rival this guy out early on. He then, as you mentioned, should start getting that board control right off the rip. No, yeah. But um, the deck I want to talk about the 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 number one the most is uh, our fifth place uh, Devin's Butterworth build. Uh, <laughs> King Shout Cold. out to him, King Cold. The deck that I uh, that I'm still giving this the number one deck spot for the uh, meta. Uh, took a budget build uh, and still got fifth place with him. So shout out to him. I watched his video um, before, uh, actually this morning before we started, uh, before we got all the documents ready for what we we're going to talk about. Um, I really liked um, his build. Uh, it just goes to show that you don't need like uh, expensive cards to to get to the top. You just need to be a good pilot. And uh, King Cold's definitely a deck that can that can teach you to be a good pilot, uh, as long as you stick with it and understand the deck a lot. Um, the most expensive cards that are in this deck right now are going to be the Secret, the uh, SS4 Bardock, which I think he said you don't even have to use. I mean, you can always you can always substitute SS4 Bardock for SS3 Goku Man on a mission as a budget option, and then the uh, Freezes because you're playing green, you kind of have to play Frieza because it's it's still one of the best counterplays in the game. The disruption for that for the Freezes is just too powerful. But other than that, though, no dormants, no uh, no cool, no uh, new cooler uh, SPR. Uh, oh, and he also played the chilled, uh, the chilled. Um, uh, the tournament pack one. Yeah, the chilled TP. He took out the old chilled SRs, which I didn't agree with uh, at the beginning. But he put in the new chilled TP, and the new chilled TP is super good. It's like a, it's like a top three TP in my opinion. Oh yeah, no, I I agree with you on that. That card's it's it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a staple for green. Like that's the thing about uh, about playing green and why it's like uh, why I play green and red a lot. Green, whenever they make a card, it just kind of becomes a staple because they don't tend to leader lock it. So uh, all green leaders have access to good green cards. Mm, I agree. A couple of things I like to say about uh, Butters list is that I I'm really a big fan of the Android 18 steadfast technique. We saw this card make an appearance on the Reboot Gohan players where they had too many extra cards in their hands that they couldn't use because they didn't have enough energy since normally they ended the game by turn two or three. This was able to let you use those extra cards as combo pieces, you know, because what it does is you choose one extra card in your hand, place in the drop area. When you combo with this card, it gets plus six 
combo power for duration of the turn. So obviously King Cold running a lot of extra cards due to the field cards that it wants to run and so forth. I think this was a great addition that, you know, I wasn't going to play King Cold, but after all the King Cold's lists I've been looking at, you know, recently, like this is, this, this addition makes a lot of sense. So I, I'm really a big fan of this addition. One thing I like to talk about is this Paragus, uh, Paragus the Sacrifice. This was a dashback promo back in the day when that starter deck, uh, Green Broly BR, the one where they had those, like, you know, behemoths just swinging at you nonstop with double strike. This card is phenomenal because it just says choose one green card your battle area. Other than this card, placing your drop area, draw one card. Obviously, you can sack your field cards to kind of get those bonus effects, start cycling and all that and stuff. And basically going off what you guys saying about the chill tp pack promo uh, i think it's phenomenal it's just another ko can that can remove barrier four uh, cards with barrier four greens so it'll be really good especially in the mecha frieza matchup because of their bojacks if they're running the slug package you know that slug package can really hurt you because it stops your draw engine in majority of the cards you run in your deck so that, that shield is going to be here to stay for green for a while it's a really good card no, yeah, and then uh, moving on to uh, sixth place. This is uh, Brian's list, right? Correct, Brian Samuel. Yeah, yeah Brian Samuel. Uh, shout out to him too as well for taking King Cold. Uh, he got sixth place with this. Um, his list, uh, uh, a lot of stuff is different than if you look at his list from uh, Butter's uh, list. Um, uh, I think the biggest things that I would take away: uh, one, your secret choice. Um, just the uh, the difference between the both secrets. Uh, uh, Devin took um, the uh, Majin Buu secret, uh, the Jinin Buu, and then uh, Brian took the uh, Grade 8 Mass Saiyan. Uh, both are really good with the deck. I kind of gravitate more towards the Jinin Buu secret because um, the King Vegeta is just strong enough to win you the game, and most people try to negate that. So you really want to kill the negate with the King Vegeta because the King Vegeta after that's pretty unstoppable. I agree. Yeah. I can agree then, with that too. And then uh, he's doing what I want to do. Uh, he's playing uh, two Zamasus. I agree with the two Zamasus. Um, it gives you uh, a lot of hand disruption, and uh, you have a lot of uh, you have a lot of five drops in this deck. Uh, so you have a lot of good options. But I think the interesting thing about both lists, if you look at both lists, they both share something in common, which I actually find surprising, is that neither list plays the cooler counterplay that came out this set. I didn't even realize that. That was why the. Do th why do you think that is? Um, after playing with it, I kind of don't like it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm I kind of agree. I don't, I don't ever find the room to the time to play it. There's also no like, dormants here. No dormants either. This is a deck where you don't have to run dormant, in, and I, uh, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But I'm kind of too much of a loser not to play dormants. But that doesn't mean I don't think that if you don't run dormants in this deck, you're making the wrong decision. Uh, you can 100% run not run dormant in this uh, in King Cold. And King Cold's just powerful enough to not care. So uh, Ryan, st sticking to the, the cooler play, for those people who don't actually know exactly what the cooler does, what does the cooler like do? Maybe so we the, can figure out. So the cooler is a four drop, uh, one well, one specified green. Uh, reduce its energy cost for every field spell, uh, every extra card field spell on your uh, in play and in your drop area. So you can reduce it to a one drop. And um, whenever your opponent plays a battle card, if that battle card being played has an energy cost of four or less, instead of it being played, it's put in the drop area. And if your opponent has eight or more cards, you put one in the drop area. Uh, they put uh, they discard a card. That's interesting. It's kind of like a one drop uh, preemptive strike. So I know that like you know with all the counter plays that's happening, like 
you know, Mecha Kabor with the new Poutine, you know, Topo can still be a factor, especially in the Mecha Frieza. Well, actually, one thing that's really cool about the King Cold deck, when you play against Mecha Frieza, you really don't care if they use that champion pack Frieza against you, because you can just rest the field cards. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I like about King Cold too, is that that matchup is kind of a, an easier matchup for you, because, like, it's just, all your field spells are just, are just too, are just too useful. <laughs> yeah, that's actually pretty funny, but I guess so. I, I just, I don't know. Personally, me, I probably want it as a one or two of in case I go against like a topo or something like that. But I find it really interesting that oh, both that players is, did not run it. That might be actually the reason why there is another effect I always forget about this card. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't forget about it when I'm playing because I can I read the card in front of me. But uh, it's something that I forget that uh, I'm not used to saying. But it is, it is something that happens. Um. The effect of the cooler for cost reduction is only on your opponent's turn. Okay. Oh, that might okay. be the biggest reason why people don't play it and said play the focus breakthrough, which I can agree with 100%. It's just because of the fact that um, um, if you get topoed and you have a cooler in hand, the cooler does nothing because it, can't, it, uh, it costs four on your turn. Okay, see, that makes a lot more sense. So, you see, that interaction is not there. Okay, I can see why they, they're probably not playing it. One last thing I would like to point out before we move on to these other deck lists, because I'll tell you one thing, guys. These, these deck lists are really interesting. I think people got really creative with these deck lists. But Brian Samuels is continuing what he's known for, for running numerous, numerous one-ofs. We can see that he, uh, for the people who are at home that cannot see what we're seeing, but he ran to one of the... Unison SS Bardock Paternal Unison, which is the one that I believe kills a combo piece in the combo area. He has one Mechikabora. He has one Zarbon, the Cosmic Elite that got reprinted about 18 different times. He has the one Rebrian, the one that, you know, tap two, drop two. He has the one of the, you know, chill, let us begin. It's a new SR. Oh my god. Set. And yeah, so he's just continuing his reign. And we have the one, uh, you, um, uh, Bardock. Uh, Bardock fully unleashed, so yeah, so he definitely has a lot of tech here for certain matchups. Maybe the Bardock unleash is there for, I don't know, Dark Broly, I would assume, right? But yeah, you know, he, that... he, he has his one ofs and he's continuing to do that. I th yeah, I definitely got buying uh, whenever we do um, uh, in real life events for best of two or best of threes. Um, yeah, this deck kind of this deck kind of gets clapped by Dark Broly, so I can see the um, the one of for Bardock. Because um, you just kind of, it, it's like, eat away at your opponent's stuff. It just hurts them a lot. Yeah, I got you. Uh, and there were, there was one more, there's two more deck lists I want to talk about, but I think I'm just going to talk about the one that uh, isn't kind of generic. Is going to be the King Piccolo one, because I think everybody knows what Vegex does at this point. Yeah. But uh, I think the biggest thing I wanted to bring up was the thing that I pointed out to everybody whenever we posted, whenever you posted the list, is that the King Piccolo list ran two of the four-drop Vegito Unison of Might. Which was surprising to me. Yeah, That's definitely cool. interesting pick. Normally, what people will start running this is because they're playing the the new secret for the go the go hanks or go tanks, whatever it is. Because this can. Oh no, I'm tripping on there. My ignore everything I just said. But <laughs> I'm nah, it's, the, it's the Shenron unison that goes into a four drop unison. Yeah, okay, nah. not the go hang. Yeah, you use yeah. the. You can also use the Shenron to go in the go hangs, but I would yeah. rather. I, w I would think you'd rather want to run the go hangs over the 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 Vegito because the go hangs gives you more defensive options. And 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 in King Piccolo, if you play the go hangs, you can. You're kind of you kind of win because nothing can stop you at that point. Yeah. 
interesting mm -hmm. tech choice. Uh, there's that I can definitely see the combos of you know some of the combos. I just wondered like you know exactly why they added it to the deck to like you know maybe it was a specific matchup they're struggling against, maybe for the mirror. But you know definitely interesting choice. What I like to talk about. Uh, so as we mentioned, Vajex did get eighth place, so it was the last one in the top eight. Very standard, just basically a four of of everything, including the new expensive winner promo of the Gogeta. That card is insane for what it does, so I'm not going to say it is worth $200, but it definitely deserves some form of high you know, price range. It's worth but $200. One, <laughs> <laughs> one list I'll definitely like to talk about, so in fourth place comes in a Mecha Frieza player, and his list is interesting to me because he went super heavy on the blue engine, and what I mean by that is... Jonathan Rodriguez, uh, Jonathan Rodriguez, yes, Jonathan Rodriguez released a deck list in, from the PPG event to where he ran this, I think it's from, yeah, Evolution Booster is the Sorrel and Hop Friends of Universe 9. It's a two-drop multicolor blue and yellow blocker that can be played off of, you know, U9 Assemble and has a really interesting effect where when you activate a blocker, when you activate blocker, your opponent either has to rest one of their cards or you are able to draw a card. So he's running three of those, and the other ability of that card is if you have a U9 battle card on the board, it ignores his energy exhaust. So with that being said, he did run four of that multicolor hit rapid movement where it becomes a free dual color combo if you have a dual color in the energy area. Allow him to, like, you know, use it for the Bojack arrival, and he did run four Sensu Beans. So I thought that was really interesting that he tried out that engine. And of course, he found success with it because he got top four with it. I just want to say... Um... Mecha Freeze is in the best spot it can ever be because of how powerful the power of a Super Saiyan is. I, I don't think we talked about it enough last podcast, but I'm just going to go ahead and bring it up. The power of a Super Saiyan in Mecha Freeze is probably one of the most retarded cards to ever exist. It outshines every card in that in, the, in that deck because like, of, of just like how much control power of the Super Saiyan can bring. That card is so ridiculous. So I'm a Mecha Freezer player myself, and one of the combos Gross. I discovered... <laughs> one, of the, one of the combos... Yeah, coming from the person who played Mecha Freezer in Team Wars. <laughs> but Ooh. one of the combos I've noticed of what Mecha Freezer, and it's insane, it's just... You can, if you're in a situation where you're allowed to use the Bojack's ability to untap two energies, you'll do that. Activate power to Super Saiyan because it becomes free if you have a like a mono yellow energy in active mode. You draw your card, you know, do some filtering, either just rest one of their battle cards, either unison or battle cards. And when that happens, the two energies you just untap from Bojack, you can tap two to play Bergamo to rest two more of their cards. Not at a ten times it'll be energy, but you know, like you, you get the combo. It's just power to Super Saiyan is so good. It's so good for having it's just being a free filter and also for it being a hard negate. It just has multiple uses. Doesn't also, uh, whenever you activate Power of the Super Saiyan, doesn't it also trigger your leader's front side ability to put a card in, put one of their battle cards in rest mode? Uh, on the Awakened side, yes, that is correct. Yeah, so you put something in rest mode with Power of the Super Saiyan, put something in rest mode with their leader, put, or, uh, untap with the Bojack, rest mode from Super Saiyan, rest mode from Frieza, and then put two things in rest mode, ignoring barrier from Bergamo. So you basically have four four taps and you untap uh, energy with Bojack. It's insane, dude. Like, that combo is just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the Power of the Super Saiyan is, like, one of the best SRs printed in a long time. Yeah, no, people really underestimate. I, I, I really, uh, I think people really, I think it's because everyone was excited about, uh, 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 was it King Vegeta imposing presence? Yeah. And they were just, it was just like, 
it wasn't until Power of the Super Saiyan was released on launch and people finally... It wasn't up until, like, launch just was finally getting ready to happen and people were finally understanding just how powerful Power of the Super Saiyan was. Yeah, absolutely. That, that card's ridiculous. Also, the one thing I want to mention in this list, um, he only ran one championship Frieza. That could that. be that could be for a few reasons. One, maybe he didn't have access to them, but normally when you run this list, you want a minimum of three. So I'm pretty. My guess is that he didn't have access to some champion pack freezes. So I think that's why it was only as a one of because I think that's a really weird one of. <laughs> well, maybe he sees something that we maybe he sees something that we don't see. Maybe this is maybe this is the the level of piloting that we're not at, where he's <laughs> able to fucking nine brain the entire game. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, one thing I always noticed too, with the heavy blue yellow package he's running as like you know using eight rapid movement as his combo to bring out Bojack rather than using some Masu super combos, he's actually using the Krillin super combo where you bottom deck and draw two. So I like that a lot because you know obviously when you're running the Zamasu Super Combo, because I run into that sometimes too, like you know, when you're going against a very aggro matchup, sometimes your hand isn't that like, you know, well off to use for out comboing uh, a certain attacks so this allows you to filter your hand see new cards and get rid of dead cards if you're trying to out combo something so i really like that addition too so do you yeah. is the idea you charge either the the little bunny girl or the hit for your dual color or do you so you, you want to charge one? you want to you want to charge hop and uh, you want to charge hop i'm just going to call it that because i don't know what the other chick's name is but you want to charge them uh on your turn two because normally your turn one your opponent's going to tap out to play something, swing at you, and then uh, if you went first, uh, you charge a yellow pass turn, they or play nine. something, swing at you, and then you U9, right. uh, bring out uh, Basil. You bring out, uh, you bring out Basil, or you can bring out the blocker if you want, um, and then uh, pass, and then it goes to you, and then you play them because you have a U9 on board. Uh, so you have, uh, so that's going to be your arrival energy for the rest of the game. Ah, you know what's the cool the thing? You know what's the cool thing, though? Um... He can actually just charge a yellow turn one, play the basil, and then going to turn two, the Sorrel and Hop comes in with its um its energy exhaust negated because the basil's on board who is a universe nine in play. So yeah. it it'll depend on the matchup because I know for sure, obviously, like, you know, for against Mecha Freezer, you don't generally want to tap out because then they'll get full value off the you know universe nine assemble which i'm pretty sure um the mega freezer was a popular pick this this set because you know as we can see i'm not sure about top 16 let me see uh there was one king vegeta in top 16 but i'm expecting the popularity of king vegeta to really start rising in upcoming tournaments because you know people are starting to start getting their tournament pack promos put together you know and all that stuff i feel like a lot of people who want to play king vegeta because that is a deck like you know it is a force to be dealt with, wasn't able to because of how early it still is in the set and everybody not collecting their tournament pack cards and so forth. Hey, well, what do you th what do you think um for King Vegeta? Which variant do you think will be the first to top? Uh well I know the one that Adrian, Andrew Duval promoted from the PPG event, you know, there's I don't think a lot of people were looking into running the Jiren Unison because I didn't hear too much talk about it and since he promoted it and you know, show how successful that unison is. I think a lot of people is going to start leaning towards that build or something similar to it. Because I'm assuming you're asking me whether it's going to be the blue, I mean, uh, the red-green variant or Shizmano red, correct? I think that's what you're asking? Yeah, because of the, though there's like three variants, and I think, I'm going to list them in like order I think they're going to be viable in. 
Um, Red blue. Because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think the standard engine's good. I don't, I don't think going into the five drop Vegeta and the five and hoping to go into five drop Vegeta and five drop Goku is viable. I think that's asking for you for way too much for uh, for the game. I think uh, in list of order of what I think is very viable is uh, Bardock's crew three drop span uh, King Vegeta. Uh, like you said, red green uh, King Vegeta, and then you have uh, Gogeta package uh, King Vegeta. Mm. Ah, that Gogeta package is so annoying. I just want it to be banned already. Yeah, it's just because of the fact that you can search out the um, pieces. The the five. Yeah. You can search out the five drop and everything else. You just can't search out the six drop, so that's why you always keep the six drop in hand. I understand. I I know there's been talks also about a red yellow build because you know there's a. The Wii Super Combo can work in conjunction with the leader's ability. So, now Wii Super Combo itself is like a 20k combo piece because you minus 10 on what's attacking you. It gets 10 to for the combo itself. And on top of that, if your leader minuses another 10, that's minus 20 on a super combo. That's giving you 10 power in your combo area. So, I know oh, yeah. there's some talks about that. The thing is, is the arrival or the, you know, your quote-unquote boss monsters or red yellow aren't as optimal as you know your other options if you were to do you know red green or shizmono red and so forth so we'll just see how that how that will play out because at the end of the day if people are starting to expect a lot of you know king vegeta they're going to run standard builds but if there's a variant for king vegeta that's more optimal in the mirror they, they're probably going to run it you know either be more aggressive with the red green or be more controlling with the red yellow so I feel like if red yellow arrival type, you know, builds come up with King Vegeta, I think that'd be a lot more exciting because, you know, I was personally more of a red yellow player, but red yellow has been phased out, obviously, because the other dual colors just perform much better. Yeah, I mean, it was like, uh, there was a time where I used to think that, like, blue yellow, were like, blue, I mean, it was a good, it was like a appropriate to think because blue yellow at that time was just not, was like the worst dual colors to exist because there was just nothing good to play them with. It's just Aegis was not living up to what the other keyword uh, skills were doing. Yeah, and then, then Bojack came out, and then Bojack was just strong enough to support himself. Yeah. But they, but, and you, and you got to look at it, too. Like, what made Bojack good? You can arrival him on turn one. That's why That's why Rainy was just so good. Like, arrival was just, like, excuse my language, but arrival was just kicking ass. It was just gave so much value for what it could do versus what Aegis was doing or Revive was doing. Like, you know... I forget what, Revive. <laughs> like, you didn't even remember Revive. That was the blue-green keyword skill. That was they were known for. And then if you look at Successor, what makes Successor so good? Because you can arrival four drops for one energy then use them for Successor. It's like all these... Like, Revive it might not even be good until they get start getting their own Arrival cards. It's just Arrival... Arrival is the strongest thing introduced out of the bunch, and it will always be the strongest, and that's... And you can see that by Aegis being good on Bojack because it can be a rival out turn one. Uh, Successor is going to continuously be good because, you know, back in the day, I used to arrival a Broly 6 drop because I only needed two on the board to bring out Cell Xeno for four energies. But that's because it had a rival. It's not like I could hardcast a four and be like, oh, yeah, next turn we're going to set up uh, a Successor 7 or something like that. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I miss, but, I miss, honestly, miss Successor. I think. 
I think bring we need to bring back old keywords, but that that that's not the topic for right now because yeah, yeah. You know, we, we're just gonna get we're gonna get into like a so five hour it. long yeah. conversation. I'm so into it. The last thing I'm gonna talk about is gonna be these two babies list. Uh, so basically, baby got second and third. So yeah, baby is <laughs> yeah yeah basically the boo unison broken. But one thing I did want to point out. So when baby first started becoming really like you know popular, we started seeing that people were leaning towards a strategy of going for the Android 17 turning the tide. Like basically, I get to turn seven i flood my board with all my counter battle cards and i'm going to just kill you by overwhelming you and so forth and then we started seeing a change where you know when marcus contarsi came out with his baby build where you know he launches really the meta king piccolo and all that good stuff and he ran that frieza that can be played off that extra card to where it was you know when it swung it basically made your opponent build out so the second place deck did not play that build but the third place deck played both the turning the tide and the frieza build which is really interesting so now you see a combination of both strategies into one so i thought that was really interesting so uh, second place build has the counter counter ape but not the the baby unison so they're hard casting this thing for five <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you you can do that the baby build. What are you really using your energy for? Turn five, turn six. Like the only reason you'd play Obuni is like if you weren't worried about getting countered, or you just wanted to put pressure on your opponent's board to clear the board, or a unison you wanted to get rid of. Like turn five, like I mean, uh, that's not asking a lot from baby, and that's the that's the 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 weird thing. That's like the, just the thing about baby itself in general. They also you're not the magic to untap, and they have the Zeno Unison to untap and or swap an energy, so they could tap out and be fine. The Just thing, uh, the thing I wanted to bring up, the the number one thing I wanted to bring up was that third place they brought in the Pan Unison, and I think the Pan Unison is a very good Unison early game for Blue. I think the Pan Unison is going to be their uh, the 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 the, er, the best early game Unison for Blue. Uh, it's gonna. I think it's gonna uh, overshadow Zeno. Interesting. Yeah, I can see that. I just think it's really cool they have a turn one, you know, blue unison like that. It can help you uh, against the uh, matchups like against Launch where they like to play that Radicator turn two, so forth. It can also help you against King Vegeta because when they when they want to activate their field spell. Mm, yeah, that's true too. Nope, put that back to your. Hand. Don't yeah, make me. make them make them pay for it so that way they have less energy to work with on their turn. Yeah, and like I said, like if we're looking at the super combo spread, you guys said they're running the Zeno. You can see both Baby Liz running Zeno. So the second place Baby Liz ran three Zenos with one of the Vegeta that will bottom deck and draw two. And then the third place did a split of a two-two. So this is people adapting because before when you used to look at Baby List, uh, they they just ran for the Vegeta. They're like, you know, I just want to filter, get as much combo or see like you know certain counter cards. So. It's, it's really interesting. This is what makes you know this game really exciting. Just see what people are expecting to play in this meta. How they're gonna like you know redo their their strategies for their decks and so forth, and making all the adjustments. And it's really cool to see the people's thought process. Yeah, yeah. I think I honestly think this is the, when you when you want to look at like uh, when it comes to um, uh, like diversity in the meta. I think this right here. Uh, this 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 PBG opening PBG for uh, set thirteen is very great. You've got uh, um, every list that um, every every um, every deck that has a counterpart in the top sixteen, uh, their lists are, are are all different. Like like both King cool lists very different. You can see a lot of uh, so you can see some similarities, but you can see very different paths that they wanted to take. Uh, both baby players uh, too as well. They're both running different. Um, 
um, uh, answers to certain things. Like the second place, place Babyless ran is running the Silver Bullet Jiren. <laughs> if anybody, <laughs> yeah, the mirror match. If anybody remembers, holy crap! I need to get mine out. I didn't even think about that. Oh man, I did not want to. Uh, man, but everybody uh, was picking it up for Gogeta. Seven. I, I picked up like ten of them. I because I was just like, yo, this is the silver bullet for Gogeta Seven, and I was playing Surge uh, Coup at the time, and I was just like, yes, I can. I can finally win against the mirror match, and then they ban Gogeta 7, and I go, I bought 10 of these for no reason. I brought this up on, like, I think the fourth episode. I've never been more mad in my life. <laughs> that was the worst buyout choice I think I've ever had. Yeah, so, just, uh, so this was a core TCG event, by the way, the online event. PPG had an in-person event where it was, like, roughly 30 people and so forth, but... Just to give one final breakdown, because we were kind of all over the place with the deck list, but first place was Cell Surge, second and third was a baby, fourth was Mecha, fifth and sixth was both King Cold, seven was King Piccolo, and eighth was Vijax. Top 16 contained three baby players, two King Cold players, two King Piccolo, two Vijax, and one of the rest, which are Cell, Mecha, Bojack, Dark Broly, Invoker, King Vegeta, and an Android 18 that was piloted by Robert Rizzi, and it was the android 18 that was kind of talked about in the past where its goal was basically to flood your board with a bunch of tokens from their field card it then should swing at you with me uh with the freeze of five drop dual color and made you mill two cards for every one that was like basically negged so yeah that I deck was built. It. <laughs> that deck was built it was played by robert ritzy himself and he made top 16 with that list you know what next next podcast guest robert ritzy get on here <laughs> i'm over here I told y'all, Android 18 mil was gonna be good. Fair. I'm over. I'm over here. I agreed with our Lord and Saviors on uh, Dragon Ball Super Facebook. I agreed with them. Android 18 was gonna be the meme meta deck. That deck list is so funny. It's annoying because you can't really do much about it, but it's pretty funny. You know what? One card can actually deal with this, and it can only use, be used like three liters. Oh. Red one drop baby that can absorb. Oh my lord! I remember this. <laughs> I remember we used to talk about that too. You're like, yeah, I just absorb those tokens and they can never use it. I'm like, that's that's pretty interesting. Hey, it got yeah. me my my top in like 2019 in Dallas because Android eight or no Android twenty one was popping tokens out and I was like, yup 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 yup. Like I'd swing absorb swing absorb and they were just like ah. All See, right. it was always. It was always funny whenever Android 18 players or Android 21 players would always forget to bounce the one drops. There was a because uh, I like it because whenever the new stuff came out for Android 21 and Android 18, uh, people were forgetting that you can when you eat a clone token you bounce a card. So I'd always have a black mask stand on board, <laughs> and it's just like it's just like hey, nice clone tokens. Go ahead and drop four cards for sure. Uh, but anyways, though, um... so that was Top Cut Core TCG. Uh, this was the first official event for the new event packs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that is correct. Yeah, yeah, because so, you can you can see uh, the chilled for um, it was chilled the only t no no the Gogeta the Gogeta was also used right uh, specifically the winner Gogeta. Let me let me go ahead and put some respect on that one. I'm sorry, my my apologies. <laughs> the the winner the winner the winner choice Gogeta uh, was the one that was used. It's well, funny. It's funny to think about that. Gogeta got two uh, winner unisons. It happens. Winner bro. unisons. 
No, not winner. Uh, sorry, winner, winner cards. Oh, yeah. yeah, from the last uh, rotation in this one. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. But we, we obviously can see which one is outclassing the other. Oh, yeah, by like a, by a country mile. <laughs> but I think Jonathan, what he was asking is, this is the first event that was giving out, like, the, champ the champion pack volume 2. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the event pack 8, yeah. So there's, for those who participate in this event, you know, did their three rounds and kind of dipped whatever, and the rest that played it out because they wanted those winner arts or additional prizing, there's going to be a lot of value found within this event that was played because I think the next online event that's offering these will be on the 20th of June that's being handled by PPG. And then there will be two more online events in July, and I think there's one in August by Kartha Magica. But, yeah, this will be the event that would, should give you one of each of the new champion pack, which will be highly sought after for certain cards. And, of course, some of the remarkable reprints of some of the really good value card in the event packs. And, you know, looking at some of them, the artwork is, is looking really nice. I think oh, you get yeah. four packs of the event pack. No, champion pack, and then two packs of the event pack. So you'll get four of the five champ packs. And really? I thought it was five. I'm reading the website. It says four for participation. And then uh, two of the event packs. So you get a mulligan. So if you pull Frieza, Army, Healing Pod, and, like, I don't know, Scratch. Not even a Scratch. You just kind of got, like, hard-negged. But, you know, obviously you, you want... Call me what you're going to get now. <laughs> I, I'm not getting anything. I'm not playing in any of these. But you obviously want Fighting Against Fate and maybe uh, Dormant Potential would be the top two cards, I think. Number one, Dormant Potential. Number two, Dormant Potential. Uh, whoever, well, the person who won this event, which was Cell Surge, um, they're going to get a, a winner stamp of Dormant Potential. And that's going to be the first one within this rotation. So that's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. That'd be funny. They just, they just win it and they immediately put it on the auction page. I want to, that means they set the precedence for how, how, how cost that card's going to be. Well, I, I know I know one thing. If I, you know, miraculously actually played in the event and won the thing, that's what I would have done. Because I'm expecting that dormant potential. If that thing has a bin of like 500 or more, I'm expecting that thing to get binned in the auction center for 500. On oh, I throw that on the on the auction for a grand and see what people want to bid for it. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I'm pretty sure that thing can easily get to 500, and someone would bin it with no problem. Now, I do it like a. It's like a 24-hour fire sale, and just update and make a comment every hour. Basically, yeah. You know, I'm excited to. to see what that winter uh, cooler is going to go for, because that artwork is ridiculous. I might try to bet a pretty penny on it. I'm thinking no. it'll go like 600 for dormant for the first go-around, 250 to 300 on cooler, and like 150 for Android 16. I can, <laughs> I, can, I, can kind of, I can kind of agree with you on that, actually. I think, I think, that's, I think that's agreeable. Because you're, you're getting close to a grand at that point, right? Like 1100 or so for the whole kit. So For a $30 entry. Right, like big plus. Big, big Speaking plus of entry thing. packs, you guys want to talk about the entry packs for in-row live versus webcam? Because it's kind of... I'm looking kind of upset, dog. Like, like... Oh, you I know what? I was looking at large store regional. Let me check on the online if it's different. <laughs> uh, ooh. Yeah, you don't get a playmat for in-store. In you get yeah, a playmat was... online, and you get five champ packs, and you get three event. What the fuck? Yeah, that was the thing that I, <laughs> when, I, when I was looking at it, when I was looking at it, because when I was trying to sign up for the one in Houston, I didn't understand that. Like, I was looking at it a lot for, like, not only PPG, but for, like, regular tournaments as well, for, like, uh, on Dragon Ball too. Like, the webcam tournaments that Dragon Ball, that, that Bandai specifically wants to do, 
like their uh, webcam tournament prizing way better than um, way better than their in-store prizing, and I, I'm like, it just befuddles me. Like I'm like, listen, I have to get a plane ticket, or I have to like drive three or four hours to come here. Like, why is the prizing uh, worse than me having to wake up like five minutes before the match in my underwear? Uh, better. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like if I'm going, if I'm if I have to make the trek, it it should be worth the trek. It's not worth the trek at all. No, it's not. Not even close. And like that, that's kind of upsetting. Considering we're finally able to have uh, in-store tournaments again. Is this Bandai's way of pushing the community to start playing online so that they can do a format specifically for online? I have no idea. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, you said they don't even get a participation mat? No, they don't get any mat. There's no mat for champion. There's no mat for top cut. There's no mat, period. That's just really confusing to me. I mean, I don't know if because they're low on stocks in terms of how many they printed for online events because they all sold out and they're probably expecting that. But, I mean, still, that's just not... That just became one of the things is like, you know, back in the day that unless it was like a national type event... People were very concerned about the type of pricing they were giving out for regionals and so forth like that. Because people travel for the love of the game and for the experience, especially myself. Like, you know, when I traveled with my team and everything, like, we were like, you know, we'll get uh, what people like to do normally is like get their money back and more to make it really worth it. But the way we had to function, it's just like, well, we just got at least get some of our money back or just pay for the food that we buy here and so forth. So. Yeah, that's that's pretty disappointing to hear. I think this is only beneficial for obviously people who are in that local area that their stores are holding these type of events because you know they don't really have to go anywhere; it's just down the street to their local store. Yeah, yeah and that also that also just doesn't promote like a healthy like like going to Florida was a nice because not only because of that, it's a new place I've ever been because if I got to see people like um oh hold on like Matt Sublet and John Carlo. You know, I like like I know Matt when he was over here. We were good friends, and then I met John Carlo over there, and like we became good friends. And like you know, meeting everybody else like Legends and uh, Andrew Duvall and everybody else like that. You know, that's the inner meaning alone is great. But when there's when it's not worth it to go out anywhere, like what's the point? Like even like even people who are like who are like good players, like nine times I like like sometimes they'll just be like it's not worth it to like you know buy a plane ticket and go that way. Yeah, so you're paying more money to attend an in-person event. You're paying more money to show up and play a 60-minute best-of-three match instead of a 50-minute best-of-one match. And yeah. the prizing is subpar. Uh, it's a huge neg to go to any of these IRL events if you're not in the vicinity, like within 30 minutes of it. Yeah, and then like if you get O2, if you O2 scrub out, or like you're having a bad, like you, you just get paired up with your instant loss matches, stuff like that. Like, you know, I'm playing... Um, you know, uh, Mechibura, or I'm playing Dark Broly and I get paired up with, like, Mechibura and Supreme Cloud Time players, and the, those guys just literally just, just annihilate me because they're, they just mess with my overrun too much, or they mess with my warp too much, and then I'm just like, well, uh, I O2 scrubbed out, I can't do anything for the rest of the day because all my friends are still playing. Uh, I guess I can go venture out in a new city by myself. Like, I, w- I would like to do it with my friends. For sure. Like, you know, but within a webcam, if I O2 scrub out, I just, you know, uh, I just, you know, I'm dropping. I go drive five minutes to my local game store, and I go hang out with everybody over there. Like, that—that's the, it's, it's just like the contrast between prizing worth it to go somewhere is just like it's—it's it's not worth it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
And people will go, you know, for because realistically, if Bandai throws like a big regionals or anything like that, they're gonna be able to sell within maybe the first couple because it's been so long since people had a, a real life event, so they might just go for the craving of it. But once things getting back to normal and they start, you know, throwing regionals on a really consistent schedule like they used to before the pandemic. People are going to start saying those type of things. They're going to be like, well, it's not worth, you know, it's not worth to go for all the reasons that we're listing right now. And also with these online events, even like, you know, even even with your friends, everybody's, you know, everything's done through Discord. So when you're done with your round, you just go through your team's Discord channel and just all talk like it's all merry. And, you know, we all have our cameras open anyway. So it's like we're basically at the local store looking at each other like you want to run a quick game before the next round. So... To be honest, these online events have been pretty fun because my teams have been able to show up with me and just chill with me in between rounds. And even during the tournaments where they're not a part of or even I'm not a part of, I just chill in there in the Discord, do a couple of things. And when, they're with the, and when they are done with their games, I'll come in like we are actually at an event chilling. So to be honest, these online events have been impressing me. I'm not even going to lie, but the incentive to go traveling to these, you know, in-person events or it's just not sounding too pleasing currently and a lot of people are going to feel like that no yeah um it's just like yeah because we, we had a similar experience too like when uh like you and me uh and uh, um was it jose tz and leonard when we did one of the uh online tournaments uh i just made a quick like you know discord for all of us and uh every time because we were all we all lived in like separate parts of the city but mm-hmm. you know and then like every time we finished our match we just hop in a discord real quickly so, uh, like, it seemed like Leonard was fin- like Leonard was like the one of the people who finished his match first, like the first couple rounds, and then hopped into Discord. Then after that, like me and him were talking before everybody else started joining, and they were we were just we were just joking around, waiting for the next round, talking about our rounds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, you know, and, that, and that's just like, and that's and that's just why, like, you know, Bandai really needs to understand, like, if they if they want to keep doing in person stuff, they have to make the incentive way better. Than uh, than online events because right now like I may not like online events but I'd still rather do the online events for the pricing the mats uh, the just you know ease of access and uh, like you know just like you know a vest like you know the less amount of like it's just like less money I have to spend in general. Yeah, you're in the comfort of your own home as well. That's like yeah, I get to put the AC on max and I get to you know not wear pants. And it's a win-win situation. And not have to worry about other people's smell. You know, it's like, oh, am I gonna run into somebody who showered or not today? Like, you don't gotta worry about that. Right, I yeah, yeah, got a mask. Nothing, nothing. Just pull up, play, and bounce. Yeah, pretty exactly. much. So I get me, to worry about my own smell. Let me ask y'all a serious question. Do you think the online event pricing is too good and they need to tailor it down? Or do you think uh, in-person events need to be cranked up a lot? No, I I think this should be the standard. I think that this should be the standard for not only online but for in-person. I think this should be the standard. If they if they only do this for online for incentivization, I think that's a, that's an incorrect way to go about it. I think this should be the standard for going forward for in for in-house pricing and online pricing. Well, one, they better not cut down <laughs> on live yeah, prices. Yeah, no, first off, yeah, hold on. First, first, first off, no. they better not. Second of all, in person, which is going to be more expensive than online, in no world, it should not be lower. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like lower value given into in person. The minimum, which should not even be a minimum, it should be equal on both parties. But. 
it's I, mean, I don't even know what to say it's like in person it, it just needs to be a lot more incentive i mean i understand it from a business standpoint you're not paying for a venue right with the online so yeah. you're, you're saving that much money but at the same time you're paying a shit ton of postage to send i guess individual pricing to 250 ish plus people as opposed to dumping one big you know box of pricing to one location so yeah i don't know how much the trade-off is because i don't know how much it is to cost to rent out a a convention center so to speak for a day or two but it's got to be somewhere close to where the pricing shouldn't be that different yeah well also um at the end of the day bandai is still shipping it out because they have to ship it out to the the people who are hosting the events then those people have to ship it out to the players so it's like either you ship it out to um one PPG. location right yeah either you ship it out to ppg they have to distribute it or you ship it out to PPG and it distributed at the convention. So it's like the same thing for Bandai. But I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm very shocked to hear that the pricing and even entry alone, like these participation mats are just lowered in in-person events, which I, I really don't understand. Yeah, you don't get any play mats. You don't get anything. The only thing you're getting on an in-person event is that little invitation plaque thing that people really, I don't think they care about with the Goku on it that says finalist. I had one, and I didn't realize that. Because when you guys are posting it, I didn't realize what that was. I remember logging in on my phone one day, and I saw it. I didn't realize what that was. I didn't get to take my, my flex picture. So now my flex picture is forever gone. Well, this thing is an actual physical thing that you get in the mail. Uh, oh, you get one in the mail now, too. Well, for the online, yeah, it has to come in the mail. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not happy to be, about it. To be honest, so all right. So realistically, in the world, how how expensive is it to print out a winner art uh, dormant potential? Like really, really think about it. Like not much money at all, right? To print a cardboard and just put a pattern on it. I think for in-person events, something they could have done differently was so obviously, to my understanding, the only people who get these winner arts from the online events is first place. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm. I think so. Actually, hold on. I think we top four. Right Top four? Okay. Top cut. Let's just say top, yeah. We'll, we'll just say top cut, and then someone can yell at us that we're wrong at, at another point in time. Because these are the alt-art card sets, right? So these are top cut gets event, or alt-art. Well, they're, they're the, they're the oh, no. winner. They're the they're, winner. Okay, one. so for the champion packs, let me see, alternate art card set of volume two. Okay, so for the champion packs, they have, we don't know about it much because not a lot of people are selling it, but they have regular art for the champion packs and then there's gold stamps of them. I think that's what that alternate art means. Because it isn't, says that for first, isn't that for first place though? But I think that's the first place specific thing is the is the gold stamps. Yeah. Well, so. I'm looking. I'm looking at the um at the website, the official website of Bandai here says top cut. It, they get three additional champion packs of volume two, and they get two additional event packs, and they also get the alternate art card set. For the champion, they get like a finals invite. Then, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So the alt art card set is the winner stamp. So if you get top four, okay. you get three packs. If you get top cut, you get one pack. Oh, so okay, in total, you wrong. can get four four packs of the alt cards for topping four. Top four gets okay. four, like a playset of each, right? Yeah. All right. Never mind. I'm very disappointed to hear that. Then I thought only first place gets it. Because no. I was going to say what they could have done in person was give it to like the top eight players. So it's like online events, only the winner gets it, right? It and but if you go to an in person event, the top eight players gets it. So it's like more incentive to go because you 
have a better chance of a possibly acquiring one for yourself. So in reality, the in-person event is only the winner. Oh, I'm sorry. The top cut gets one copy. There's no extra alt art packs for top two or the champion. Okay, so the alternate art is like the cooler, the yes. Android 16, the Durham Patel. Okay, so I was wrong about what I said. I apologize. But you're, you're good. I was, well, I was going to say, I feel like... <laughs> inconsistent mother but yeah like uh, i feel like um that's something they could have possibly done because like obviously like you're, you're not losing anything if you play at home if you drive like you know we've been discussing that the whole time i feel like if they like only first place will like get it or maybe top four or the two finalists or something like that like it, it, it's easy to get it from the comfort of your home just by like you doing that because at the end of the day for 30 dollars you're getting so much value back so you, you caught people's interest like a perfect example are the people who only played three rounds and dropped. They didn't care about getting the alternate art, you know, winner cards. They were like, the participation prize in the event packs, it makes this event worth signing up for as a comfort in my own home. Now, for in-person, I felt like if it was just top eight, yeah, I think that would have been like a good, a one way to like, you know, give people a good incentive to drive out there because a webcam, I can only get if I get first place, but in-person, I can get it if I get top eight. Maybe that's something they could have done. Yeah, but that's not how they did it. So now the gold standard is everybody in Top Cut gets one copy. <laughs> yeah, everybody basically. Top 4 gets another three copies. And that the champion sense. gets gold stamp. Of, so at the end of the day, online events is the way to go. I mean, that's what they're pushing, it seems like. It's like... And I get it, because it's COVID and everything. It's a worldwide pandemic. But, like, damn, man. Like, you're sacrificing your health and life to come to these events. And they're like, yeah, you tried. Here's a. Here's Good job, nothing. Oats, carving out, loser. Here's nothing. <laughs> Go have fun with your four hundred dollar plane ticket back home. Right. You got entry prizing for something you could have got online on a webcam. Thanks for showing nope. up, though. I could have spent all the money I spent on the plane ticket and the apartment, or not the apartment, the hotel, on buying the cards I signed up for. You don't even get the full participation of an online event. That's the shittiest thing. You're getting cheated a pack each. Yeah. Anyway, uh, with all that rant, we were building up to the fact that there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 in real life events for regionals coming up in the next two or through two or three months. And only three more web no four more webcams with the the one in August. So there's more chances for you to participate in real life than there are webcam, but I believe these in real life events are capped and these uh, are capped much lower than the cap for the webcam events. So, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it right now, I might actually go with you to toast. That's what I'm telling you, bro. Let's go to Oklahoma, even though yeah, I hate yeah. Oklahoma. That's give a, a quick, six or seven hour drive. Top eight. Give me a quick top eight to get these winter arts real quick. Yeah, because I need that cooler. I'm not going to lie. Well, Tulsa's oh, capped at 64, which pisses me off because... Uh, I believe Bandai was requesting stores that had like 80 or 100 minimum. And the fact that Tulsa got away with no no shade at Tulsa for getting it, but it's like. No, shade at Tulsa. <laughs> super shade, super shade. Well, super what's the name shade. of that store? Call them out right now. Uh, something about I'm like playing, a dragon or do I don't know. Something about entering the dragon. <laughs> Rock the dragon. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, Tulsa is the closest one to us. There's like three or four in Miami, or not Miami, in Florida. There's one in Vegas, which sounds really enticing if I wasn't scared to bring back COVID or something. 
because uh, I do have a nine-month-old son I don't want to get in, into anything with. But uh, there's three, actually five international uh, in real life events, two in Montreal, one in Belgium, one in Spain, one in Germany, which is very interesting. The one uh, that actually, the, the one that actually I would like to go to outside of the U.S. would probably be the one in Montreal. Like, not even joking. Like, I've always wanted to visit Canada. I think he said something similar as well, Marco. French Canadian area is kind of interesting because it's like it, Canada can feel like America, but I feel like Montreal would not. Listening to a lot of podcasts from like a lot of people that I listen to on YouTube are, are surprisingly Canadian. Like just listening to their podcasts, like like the the world of Canada definitely seems like a, a way different world than the U.S. Uh, I think Aspira is from Montreal. I don't know if you guys oh, are familiar. Is with it, him. Is Aspira from Montreal? No, I remember. I remember Aspira. Aspira was the one that the uh, co-commentated with uh, David during the the Miami. Um, yeah. Uh, PBC, uh, champions. Yeah, champions. I believe he's from Montreal because. Uh, or at least he's from some part of, uh, I think, British Columbia, French-Canadian area. I'm terrible with whatever Canada's, like, involved in as far as their, like, sex and states or whatever. But pretty sure he's, like, a French-Canadian. So, to me, that's, like, a separate ordeal from, like, a non-French-Canadian. I don't know what, just regular Canadian? Is that how that's pronounced? Like, just you're Canadian or you're French-Canadian? I fucking lost everybody. Great. I'm here. I'm here. I'm say so. Funny enough, I'm trying to look up prices <laughs> from flying here from Texas to <laughs> to Germany. Oh shit, Germany, bro. <laughs> how how much how much is that ticket? Let's right? just say I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, no. You you what what were you thinking, my Over, my under, guy? Eight hundred dollars. No, I thought I was gonna get hit with them China prices, bro. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> no. you out here wilded. <laughs> Alright, alright. What was your question, Jonathan? I'm so sorry. Uh no, there was no question. Let's just move past my dumb question about French Canadians <laughs> and, and just go about these events. I'm, I'm like good, they're talking. They're still talking. Excellent. Let me look <laughs> real quick. No. What was I gonna say though? Um Oh my god. I think there's actually seven in real life events outside of the U.S. I, I missed a couple. I think I missed the one in Wales and the one in like Ireland. There's, Ireland. Uh, dude. There's one in Ireland, bro. We should go to Ireland, dude. I when, when I came back from deployment, we stopped in Ireland for a day. Bro, Ireland is uh, like amazing. Yeah, yeah pretty like, amazing. But these prices ain't amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Oh my god! One dude. day, boys. One day. One day. One day. One day, boys. When but they have I... worlds, when they have worlds, we'll finally travel out. Hey, by yeah. the way, if you win at these events, if you sell all your cards, you can make half of your plane ticket back home. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! All right, there you go. Now I'm sold. I just gotta win out. I just gotta win out. Is what he's saying. That's not as, long as, my, as long as my dormant sells for five hundred, I got half my money back. Well, I mean, the real way to win these things, by the way, is obviously to cheat, right? Like that's how you got to do it. If you're oh, not yeah. cheating, we, you're not you, trying. you just gotta you just gotta play three uh, three extra cards while your uh, mecha freeze is not awakened, or you know, just not synchronize your plays properly and just completely like try try to throw the game. I don't know. I'm not good at cheating, so I'm just really yeah. good at losing. But people, all everybody else is good at cheating, though. I mean, we've had a lot of issues with. I guess cheating in the last six months or so but honestly i don't know if it's just because of the hyper aggro community like just trying to witch hunt people 
or if it's just like there's been more cheating involved because of the prizing being so good. Um, listen, I, I don't know. Listen, I'm gonna let you know. I like witch witch hunting. Witch hunting is fun. It's Please, fun. It's, Tell us why <laughs> so fun. Bro, nothing is more fun than getting you and a group of homies to go persecute somebody. It sounds like the it's, purge. It's bro. like the equivalent. Of, this is like the, this is the same equivalent of what it felt like to be a crusader hunting down people that were like anti-Christian. Like, oh, you don't believe in God? Time to die. This is this is the borderline equivalent. Oh, it looks like you. Oh, you misplayed. Nah, fam, you fucking cheated. <laughs> and then you just fucking get them. Jeez, bro, that's that's hyper aggro. I'm not gonna lie. Exactly, you go on a crusade, you 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 burn them down. Well, there's there's a double edged sword situation we're in right now regarding cheating. So cheating is definitely something we brought up before. You know, regarding credibility to people who are performing well at online events uh, through webcam, and you know the. Uh, how much more difficult is it to cheat in person versus on online as we can as we are discussing right now it just seems like online events is the wave and we did discuss before that cheating is much more um it's, it's I, I'm, easier i'm to gonna perform. say that i've never done this but um it's uh but i've definitely um i i, I don't i don't condone cheating i as much as i like, like to joke and all this other shit i don't condone cheating i think if you are actually cheating like real like really cheating I think you're uh, you're just uh, unable to be a good player, and you have no um, any kind of integrity whatsoever. That being said, um, the, like there are like webcams easy to cheat, like uh, especially when you read the rules. The rules are really easy to uh, circumvent and stuff like that. Especially when it comes to understanding, like understanding because like, somebody who actually understands computers and stuff like that, like me, because I used to do my job in the military. Like um, you can mess with your computer's connection uh, to the point where you can actually just. Uh, 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 cut your own feed and then come back in uh, uh, um, very quickly uh, within the time allotted for you for your feed to cut, or even make it look like you're not even doing anything. Um, yeah, being able to uh, warp your cards by freezing your screen—it's not that hard. That's why I always, but that's why uh, whenever I'm playing, I always put my my keyboard with my table because my keyboard lights up. And people have called me out on that before, and I've actually played a couple games where people recognize my keyboard on stream as like the rainbow keyboard. The reason why I keep my keyboard on stream is because of the fact that I like people to recognize that my keyboard um, is the is signifying that my um, my the webcam is not frozen. Yeah, my webcam feed's always going on. That's fair. That's yeah. actually smart. That's good. And when you explain stuff like that, it makes you look like an honest person, right? You know. Yeah, like I like I said, I don't I don't condone cheating. I don't try to cheat in any kind of way. I think it's dishonest. I think um, yeah, absolutely, I agree. I, with I, you. Think, I, I think if you're trying to cheat at a high level event, um, you're just uh, faking. Uh, you're just faking skill, and then eventually you're just gonna get caught because you're not gonna understand. You're getting caught with your tail between your legs. Yeah, and re realistically, you're just hurting. Like I don't know how to put this. I don't want to say the health of the game, but you're definitely hurting the experience that people will have within the game. Like, I know one thing um, in Pokemon, like, apparently Pokemon is notorious for having cheaters. But the good thing about Pokemon, the people who organize it and, you know, run the events and everything is that they are very strict on those type of people. Like, if they get caught even for looking suspicious, they receive some shape, way, like, you know, some form of punishment and stuff like that. And I know that with our community, you know, certain people have been caught, you know, cheating for one tournament organizer, but... 
they're still able to play in different tournament organ like you know organizations and stuff like that so you know there's little loopholes that people can follow to still be able to play the game and find you know ways to plus i guess is what we will say or it's just to get the benefits out of these tournaments and so forth like that so you know obviously cheating is not condoned it ruined the experience for people because if, if people start looking at Dragon Ball as a heavy cheated game, like why would that attract a player's eyes to join Dragon Ball and so forth? So that also hurts the growth of the game. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, so I, I want to add on to one more thing. Uh, because of the, uh, to, to caveat off of that, because um, webcams are like the way to get people in the game. Like, m like whenever you listen to people, like especially in the chat and stuff like that, um, whenever you look at Dragon Ball, it's like, you know, the, the, sometimes it does pop up in the front of Twitter, or Twitch, sorry. Uh, because it's like, uh, especially during PBG Miami when uh, David was commentating, because it was just, you know, everybody was there. Everybody was watching. It was it was actually big enough to actually get on the front page for a little bit, just because of how big it was. And um, you were able to, uh, and people were like, ooh, what is this? And they click on it. And then, you know, you know I have no idea what this is, but this game looks interesting. I'm interested in it. You know, it's it's just something you don't want someone popping in on. And then uh, the whole chat's just annihilating the, the stream chat by saying, you know, this dude's cheating and stuff like that. Or, you know, this is the third time someone's cheated or something like that. You know, witch hunting's fun and all off, off stream and stuff like that in the community where everybody understands in the community, like, you know, what's actually cheating and what's not. Like, I like witch hunting, but like, like I said, there's an extent to where it, get, it, get, it does get out of hand and then you're just... Uh, you're just uh, trying to get somebody in trouble for where they don't need to be in trouble. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, you know, <laughs> well, not yeah. much else to say about cheating, right? Like, don't do uh, it. Don't er, be a shit person. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's what I'm. That's all I'm saying. But mm -hmm. speak, speaking of special. Speaking of trying, let's go ahead and uh, talk about this uh, uh, this tried attempt at a fucking um, uh, what is this stupid thing called? The expansion rares. Ugh. Oh, I was uh, crazy going with this. <laughs> you see, I'm pretty good at this caveat shit. But uh, let's talk about these garbage expansion rares and like the only good ones is the Bojack. Well, so, yeah. we specifically have the Namekian booster one. I didn't bother to try to pull the same boost one. So it's all bad. I don't know. I'm sure it's some. There's probably a decent card in there, but yeah, this is it's what we all have. bad. Everybody, everybody who's gonna argue with me in the chat or in the comments of whatever the we post this on, chat. yeah, the, the the invisible chat that exists somewhere, they're gonna be like, oh no, it's really good. Uh, you know, once you get to turn nine, and then you do the thing, and then I'm like, okay, I'm I'm done. I'm done listening to you. That's fair. You know, it's just like you know, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and uh, uh, talk about the best card. Out of the whole entire, both expansion sets, and that's the Bojack Pinpoint Onslaught. It's the four drop dual color one. Uh, if you have a whole, if your whole uh, energy is Bojack Brigade, not only do you reduce the combo cost, but you also uh, ignore energy exhaust. So, we finally get to ignore energy exhaust for, um, for, Bo uh, for, uh, red yellow, or not red yellow, uh, blue yellow. Well, and then. Wait, you said, so that card ignores energy exhaust as well? Yeah. Yeah. It ignores oh energy Lord. exhaust if all of your energy uh if all your energy is a Bojack Brigade. Just one, isn't it? Or no? Uh if you have a Bojack Brigade card oh yeah, no, oh sorry, if you have a Bojack Brigade card. So if you just have a singular Bojack Brigade card in your energy, the energy exhaust card on, on cards, uh like on this card is ignored for the rest of the game. Which is better than the other one. The other way you were no. saying it. 
hundred percent. And then um, <clears throat> it's got a uh, it's got an auto. Whenever you activate the evolve skill of a Bojack to evolve on top of this card from your hand, you can reduce the cost of that evolve skill by one. So that means you can actually get out the new eight drop Bojack because I know the evolve skill is what uh, four, right? Is it four or five? Three or four. I don't think it's three. Cause that'd be a little bit too good. The blue one is for three or four. Let me. I'm gonna pull it up really quickly. Also, it's but, uh, evolve on any Bojack, not just this Bojack. But no, no, uh, is it? Let's see. On a Bojack card, when uh, when this card is played, if you activate the evolve skill on a, oh no, yeah, sorry, my 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 apologies. Actually, yeah, no. And uh, it's evolve skill is five. <laughs> <laughs> no, excuse me, no nothing. Just keep talking. I'm done with this guy. <laughs> you gotta keep going, bro. Keep the cameras rolling. No, no, no. Oh, so Lord. it's ex evolve skill is an ex evolve for for five. Uh, for the new one that comes out, and you evolve on top of it of a Bojack with an energy cost of three or four. Is it five cost or is it four cost? It's a five cost to ex evolve. Oh well, fuck me. That sucks. That's not that bad. You save energy. I mean, it's probably meant for like the. Isn't there an older Bojack that exists that you can that evolves on top of a Bojack? Yeah, it's uh, yellow. Yeah, it's a yellow one. It's the one that makes you war for every card you untapped. I think. Yeah, untapped. The Bojack, Bojack the Plunder. When you play this card, if you have five more life, choose all of your opponent's cards and switch them to rest mode. When your opponent switches one of their cards to rest mode to active mode, if your leader is a Bojack Brigade card. Your opponent chooses one card in their hand. Jesus Christ. I always wanted to make that card work so bad. You can kind of make this work now with this new Bojack. It's still a, a three-cost yellow to a wall. It's, it's three-specified yellow, which is the best. But technically, what, technically what you could do is you could uh, charge one mono-blue Bojack card and then just charge three of these multicolor Bojacks. And then... Um, you play the uh, the Bojack that uh, comes out for two when you combo with it from your hand or energy, and then um, because I think that no, it's a, is, it a, is that a four drop or a three drop? That Bojack. That's a four the drop. The uh, the new one that comes out whenever it comes into play, choose one of your opponent's battle cards and put it uh, at the bottom of their deck. Is that a three drop? It's a four. It's a four drop. Bojack the Evil Doer. Never mind. This whole plan sucks. <laughs> Honestly, there's a negate that's a three drop. Uh, Bojack from the expansion, and then it becomes a one drop. I'm, I'm dumb. There's a there is a new there's a new Bojack in general that's coming out. The um the there is a three drop Bojack. The 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 TP one Bojack Rampaging Agent of Destruction. Yeah, the one that three. yeah that's a three drop. So there you go. Never mind. My plan's viable. There you go, guys. I gave you the tier one. I gave you tier zero meta breaking advice. Why don't you just run the Bojack Pirates Pride Negate from like the old expansion? That's a one drop yellow. If as long as you have a dual color. So you negate the attack and evolve over it the next turn. No. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's bad. I mean, you Don't could. Do it. I mean, you could. You could if you're running multicolor. But that, we're just, at this point, we're just theory crafting, and uh, I think we're just we're, that's we're now we're getting way off ahead. Okay. Uh, anyway, what? one of this Bojack's really fucking good from the expansion. It's probably the only. Oh, we also didn't. We also even didn't even discuss the fact this card plays itself. If you have two and work. Uh, uh, blue or yellow cards in your combo area. And it's just one blue or one yellow to activate it. Yeah. Uh, so what is it? Activate battle. If there are two, you choose one blue or one yellow, so it's the same as the Tapion from Draftbox 6, which is something Bandai needs to keep up. I think this is a very good um, uh, skill with these activate main or activate battles. You know, you kind of get an option. So it kind of gives the card a bit of a more longevity because it gives it more room to play in different decks. 
agree. Because, uh, and then, uh, what is it? Uh, there are two or more blue or yellow cards in your combo area. Play this card from your hand. Choose all other blue and or yellow, or close all other blue and yellow Bojack Brigade cards in your battle area, and they get plus 5k for the turn. So it also boosts up your, uh, your, uh, Bojack Brigade cards. It's pretty strong. One little small fun fact I want to make. Random fun fact, but blue and yellow has been getting a lot of ignore energy exhaust. So yeah. we just talked about that new one for evolution booster for universe nine. Bojack is now getting one. Eden the Zamasu that's coming out in the champion pack. I forgot what conditions it needs to ignore energy exhaust, but it also has ignore energy exhaust if you meet a certain condition. Uh, I'll find out for you in just a second, homie. So that's like three. Oh, like very recent. Oh yeah, I forgot the, the the new championship cards got announced, and I didn't like a lot of them. Uh, I have to find it later. I don't know. The ones that caught my interest the most was the ape and the Zamasu, of course. The Zamasu is the one that's gonna be a chase one. Oh yeah, no, no, hundred percent. The Zamasu one was the only one. I, like out of all the ones I didn't like, that was the only one I liked. The one that throws me off is the wish one because I'm assuming next set, which will be set fourteen, is that correct? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm assuming next set is going to have some type of, like, you know, additional wish cards, maybe for, like, minor support and stuff like that. Okay, I, I have them. I have them up here. Um, you've got the four-drop four Bardock. The, I'll, I'll, I'll read these actually after this. But um, I want to go over the... the and this is my list of the cards from the expansion set for the Piccolo side, because that's the only good side, in order of what I think is going to be the best. Number one is Bojack, because it's uh, it supports the blue Bojack, and the blue Bojack's the best, the best blue leader next to Baby that's out right now. Uh, and everybody's gonna yell at me, Soul Striker. No, shut up. You're you're terrible. Don't don't talk to me, please. <laughs> <laughs> sure. uh, you got you have number two, uh, Trunk Spirit Resonance. Uh, I didn't realize this card had deflect, so I take back a lot of what I said about Future Gohan. I think this I think these uh, this card is enough to actually put Future Gohan on the map for. Uh, for a top tier rogue, not top tier, top tier rogue, probably maybe even sneak into tier two. But, mm -hmm. um, but, um, it's got deflect blocker. You can evolve for one on top of a future trunks card or a trunks feature card, and then it's got a soul boost two, which is that new, really, I really mechanic that I don't like. Uh, what is it? You remove two markers from a unison to activate its effects. So you remove two markers, pay three yellow energy. When your opponent's, uh, whenever this card's KO'd from, uh, by, uh, whenever this card is, uh, removed by a skill or KO'd, choose up to one yellow trunks future card with an energy cost of eight in your hand and play it. The only reason why this card isn't number one, because one, Bojack's better, and two, because it specifies in your hand. I don't like that. I think it should be from your deck or in your hand. Yeah. Because then that would make it better. Uh, then we have number three, which is Sword Dance of the Demon God, which is the counter-attack card. Negate the attack, then add up to one skillless battle card uh, from your drop area or warp to your hand. And it's going to activate main spirit boost. So actually, this card's really good in Kidku, because I see literally no other deck that can run it, except <laughs> because of the fact that... Actually, no, the only deck that could probably run this... No, yeah, the, the, yeah never mind, I like Kidku's the only deck that can run this. No, no other deck can run this. Yellow Gohan skillless? Yeah, Kid Kuz in the deck took it run this. Anyways, back to uh back to, back to Sword Dance of the Demon God. <laughs> uh, oh, <God. laughs> I'm so I forgot Yellow Gohan existed. I'm not even gonna front and 
Yellow oh. or blue Gohan? No, the no. I know what he's talking about. He's talking about the 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 no 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 no. It's uh, what was it? High Dragon? Yeah, Higher Dragon. You said the, the Icarus one. No 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 no. That's not what it's called, dog. It's called Higher Dragon. <laughs> oh my god. We gotta get you, it right. No, you no, have no. dragons for higher Ryan. Next subject. For sure. <laughs> And then, uh, I'm not even gonna read the rest of the effect, because it's only good if you have a unison with an, a specified cost. But, um, actually, it's not a really good effect, so I'll read it. Uh, what is it? Soul Boost 1, Pay 1 Energy, uh, uh, t- uh choose a unison with a specified cost, and, uh, and then remove this card from the game from your drop area. Choose one of your opponent's battle cards with an energy cost of 4 or less, and send it to its owner's warp. Pretty strong. So that's actually a really strong ability, and any deck can kind of actually utilize this uh, card in general. So what color it's... has a problem with removal is what you would want to put this in. That's yeah, if you're... If, if you're... <laughs> actually, no, yeah, that's actually a good point. No, that's very true. That's why you run the Kai Secret majority of the time, because you mm-hmm. don't have that very strong, consistent removal. The new Trunks Unison that came out, uh, he's a, he's pretty good, but, you know, he costs three... Yeah. So. You need something to buffer in between, especially against especially against King Vegeta. Mecha Frieza will probably is probably gonna have a hard time with that deck. It's how much they flood the board. So and this this, this card actually kind of gives leeway and kind of gives, gives you a middle ground for something to do in there. Uh, you've got number my my pick for number four, which is Gohan Spirit Boost Vindicator. Uh, this card's terrible because it says if it's your turn when this card is played in uh, from your hand, uh, choose up to one of your opponent's skillless battle cards in rest mode and KO it. So this card's garbage because it has to choose a skillless card in rest mode for some reason. Final that flash. works pretty well in the, the Android 17 and 18 because they make basically everything skillless. And I know everybody's going to say whenever I know I know I know everybody's going to say in the comments whenever people start posting why this card exists or something like that. It's supposed to combo with the Piccolo because the Piccolo says choose up to one of your opponent's battle cards, switch it to active mode. Or choose up to one of your battle cards, switch it active mode. Oh, no, sorry. I'm reading the wrong thing. Uh, whenever, I'm sorry. Whenever you remove a marker from this uh, card using a spirit boost skill, choose up to one of your opponent's battle cards with an energy cost greater than their current energy and negated skills for the turn. I understand you're supposed to combo with those two cards to because uh, you activate spirit boost with the Gohan to play itself off of the Piccolo, and then the Piccolo will turn something off, and then when the Gohan gets played, it KOs that card. Number one, the Piccolo doesn't ignore barrier, so we're already missing a key issue of killing cards that have barrier. Number two is that the fact that there's way better yellow unisons to play than this Piccolo. And number three, this Gohan sucks... If you uh, if you're not playing the, the Gohan sucks if you're, in real seriousness the Gohan sucks if you're not playing the Piccolo because now you don't have anything to turn anything off hmm. and you can't play it with a lot of other unisons that are good right now for yellow because the only other good yellow unisons that exist right now are are unisons that don't really have a good plus like Vegeta like the Vegeta that you side in when you play against Dark Broly because it has no plus it only has a, a an activate main to plus it and it has a minus and you'd rather not. Uh, Minus it multiple times. You you want to keep it alive as much as possible because it's slowing Dark Broly down. And number two, you don't want to use it on the Trunks Unison because if you use it on the Trunks Unison, then you can't minus three with that card ever. Right. Unless you put another one under Ethan. This is one of those situations where they released a very specific combo card, kind of like what they did with Soul Striker and that Goku Black Unison, where they worked in conjunction. Because realistically, you're not going to use that Goku Black Unison in like majority of other decks at all. 
No. This is just gonna be one of those same situations. Whenever that, like, whenever a unison comes out, that can power creep that Piccolo and that Gohan can be used in conjunction with it. It'll be like replaced and stuff like that. But no, but um, those are my um, and the Piccolo sucks. I'm not gonna read them. Well, I'm glad you read those cards because I have no idea what some of those cards do. But right. that that's my list and order of cards that are good. I might actually put Sword Dance of the Demon God at number two because it's just generic. The Trunks is good, but he doesn't play from deck, and I think that's just his biggest weakness is that he only plays from hand. Uh, I, I really wish that he would play from deck because that'd make the that'd make the Gohan future Gohan deck a lot more stronger. It's it's a strong deck with a strong engine. Don't get me wrong, but it needs. But like I said, uh, I've always talked about it. Decks need to be sh uh, like broken to be in the meta. To be in, to take those tier one and a half to tier one spots, you need to be broken. Otherwise, you're just otherwise you you cannot stay in those spots. Right. Uh, I would agree. I think Bojack one. I, I can see Sword being two or three with Trunks, so you can interchange those, and then four or five go on Piccolo for sure. Uh, this expansion booster. Or, you know, whatever, the Namekian Insane Booster. Honestly, it's a little bit underwhelming, but so is the last booster, because I don't recall much of the other set. Toa was probably the one that sticks to my mind as the card that was played the most of the last expansions. And maybe think, I'm, uh, I'm wrong, because maybe Shenron also, the Shenron Unison. But those are the only yeah. two I can think of. The only ones that I really come to my mind from that expansion set um, is uh, the, the, the Toa Unison, uh, the the trunks and goten um uh, uh gt uh fusion card the um the red shenron and the majin buu and the ss4 vegeta but those but those didn't do enough to support their decks except for the toa right the toa was the only card that was strong enough to support the deck it was supposed to support the other cards were not strong enough to support the deck I did see Shenron Unison make an appearance from a, a Bulma decklist that would play that was played at the 6K uh, like a month or so ago, but that was probably the only one. And I think people are trying to make it work with Red Peel Off and the Go Hanks uh, Secret Rare because the only problem with it, the only problem with that card is the same problem that I have with this new Trunks is that they play from hand. Oh, it like, is from hand. Yes, the 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 Red Shenron plays from hand, and that's, that is that's kind of trash. Yeah, ultimate. I think I think what that thing is lacking is just the uh, the choices they have or what they can play because that Shenron Unison is strictly for like Earthling based decks, isn't it? Yeah, but there's not that. There's only one good Red Earthling leader, and that's Bulma. Bulma. Yeah, yeah. No, no other Red Earthling leader comes would come so, even close to it. Yeah, so that's my thing about that. Uh, about launch La La is um, is a great Earthling leader, but she doesn't. Um, run unisons. Run unisons because of her playstyle. Wait, I thought. Uh, I know you probably need an Earthling leader, but doesn't it play only Earthling things? No. Uh, no, I actually think it does. Let me pull. It. I think I have it pulled up. Oh, I just got the rid of plus it. Plus one says draw yeah. one card, choose one card in your hand, place it at the bottom of your deck. Then choose one red Earthling only battle card with yeah. energy cost of you two. You can't play. Yeah, you can't play anything that's not an Earthling card. Yeah. If, if that had said played anything, uh, play anything with an energy cost of two or less red. First off, launch would be broken because you turn to this thing and then you turn to at your uh, your um well, it's your eradicator of, of peace. And, it's specified and you, cost of two, so it can't yeah, be yeah. less. But yeah, no, the eradicator of peace would have been fantastic. And then you and then you also have uh, Unison on board to have your Yamsha's Wolf Fang fists alive. 
Yeah, I mean, so that's that's my thing about it. Like, it, we just need better options for what that thing can bring out. I think if there's ever a point in time where Earthlings becomes meta, you know, for whatever universe we end up on that happens. But that's when that Shenron can come out. Either in conjunction, it can go into that, what you call it, that Gohanks or that Gotenk secret. So, yeah. Honestly, yeah. Uh, the Battle Enhanced was worse than the Battle Advanced because the Enhanced had the Vegeta, the Gogeta, Garlic Jr., Majin Buu, and the Mira fucking unison that I forgot existed. Oh, God, awful. Whereas the Advanced had the Toa, Shenron, Trunks, Goten Trunks, and Ginyu Force, which were all, you know, playable at one point or another. Because the Ginyu actually is really good in the Ginyu deck. Even, I was going to say that even though the Ginyu deck never really made its mark on the meta, that card was insane in that deck. Didn't somebody top with the Ginyu Force though? I have no idea, but that deck was that that card is insane. I think someone did, but I'm not gonna go into it too much because I, I legit can't remember. It was so long ago. Yeah, but um, I think um, uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, I think uh, uh what is it? Bandai kind of needs to do a bit more with these products. They're kind of uh, lacking a lot in um, uh, the wow factor. I would say they just don't. They just don't do enough. Um, the the trunks is the trunks is the closest card in this whole thing to doing something, but it just doesn't. It it's just play from if it would play from deck, then it would be uh, then it would actually then it would be borderline uh, competing with the Bojack for being the best card in the, uh, out of the whole thing. Yeah. But the only thing that's worth it is the dice and the Bojack. That's about it. <laughs> the dice. <laughs> and the, oh, yeah, shout out to Bandai for fixing the dice. You can read the dice. A little bit better, yeah. Yeah, but I think that's about it for um, for 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 everything. What do you guys, do you guys? Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I do have a, a major minor thing to talk about. Uh, I don't think it's major, that major. Major minor. Yeah, major, no, I think it's actually the most majorest thing we have. So oh, like. Man. I mean, as a Houston player, we have been uh, we've been asking, I'll say, for a long time to have events come down here to our city, uh, especially with all the Dallas events where more than half of the attendants are from Houston. Top Cut owns always at least half of the Houston players. So uh, PPG has finally graced us with their presence. We are... Uh, Lotus Gaming Shop is actually hosting a PPG event for PPT, which is separate from a regional, by the way. Uh, it's an event for their own Invitational for 2022. But July 24th, PPG comes to Houston. And uh, it is just the most amazing feeling to know that we've, as a player community base, have set up this opportunity to host something that we would always have to go and travel for. So no more five-hour uh, road trips, no more trying to figure out Airbnbs, hotels, whatnot, just to O2 scrub out. Like, if I O2 scrub out, I get to go home. Or I get to go do whatever the fuck else I want to do because it's my city. <laughs> like, I can just go yeah, hang out. Like, it's not a big deal. And it's on, a, and it's on like, a Saturday, Sunday, so if I scrub out of there, I just drive over to my home shop and play my Magic tournament. Right, exactly. Like, good. it's not a big deal. We can just go do whatever the fuck we want. Um, but I'm happy that PPG has finally giving us the opportunity to show them and hopefully other tournament organizers that Houston is a very uh, valuable city for the card game community and that we can be a great host and we should be hosting more events 
moving forward. Um, so, you know, it only takes one one chance, and I think we, we got a good one. And I'm very happy that Lotus, of course, my, my sponsored home store, gets the opportunity to do so. Uh, they've been doing a lot for the card game uh, locally as far as, like, events. So I'm, I'm happy to see that they're, you know, ramping things up. Uh, what are you yeah, guys' just, thoughts on that? I'm just happy to see that we're... Um... That uh, I don't have to get. I, I know I keep saying this because I like to keep rubbing it in. Uh, sucks to suck, Dallas. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> I get, don't have to. Don't have to drive the day before, pay for a hotel, uh, and then drive to go um, into the tournament, and then drive back home. I get to wake up when I want, drive over there with my friends because uh, we're carpooling. Because I'm carpooling with a couple friends. Uh, we're gonna go get some Dunkin' Donuts on the way there, Ugh, and then the exactly. Listen, I'm probably gonna be late to it. Oh, 100% <laughs> you are. <laughs> Mark, aren't you judging? <laughs> we'll see. We haven't figured that part out yet, but um, you know, if, if, if anybody else, is, if PPG, if you try to pick anybody else that isn't Marco for the judge, I will not listen to him. <laughs> I will straight up not believe him. I will say um, this is a very good opportunity for Houston to like host one of these type of events because it will allow us to show. I, I have a lot of faith in Lotus performing well with this event. I like the two pods idea. It's going to you know attract more people, and they were able to handle one entire tournament like you know, so they can hold two miniature tournaments and hold basically give that many people as if they're going to like a regular regionals. In terms of like attendance, they're going to be able to supply that and satisfy those. So once this become uh, a successful event, this will open the windows opportunity for Houston to like you know not even only for Lotus is like if they understand that Lotus is performing well and those players go like you know to whoever is giving opportunities to stores to host these type of tournaments and tell them hey this is another great store you know we told you Lotus was great you know you, you should believe us if we tell you this these group of people are great as well. And I'll give another store an opportunity. And from there, we'll just keep growing. And that's the thing I like about Lotus. Like Lotus, they just came into the scene and they have been taking huge steps, excuse me, huge steps into like, you know, pushing the community in Houston for DBS. Just, you know, just trying to go to the next step, taking it further. And they've been moving at a very, very fast pace. I know the owner, uh, Lily, and the technician is what I like to call her, Jordan, there. Like, they're phenomenal people, and they're working really hard to basically make a name for themselves in the community, and they're doing a really good job. I, they get five stars for me, and I always recommend them to anybody. But, you know, we talked about Team Wars. They were the first one in Houston to successfully host it. We had teams up there wearing their jerseys and everything like that and participating. You know, it, it was a very successful event. And now they're going to host a PPG tournament. I think it's the first one in our area. And I'm, I'm very confident it's going to work out very well, too. Uh, I am very happy. Uh, I have no complaints with them being my sponsor store. Like, <laughs> blessed beyond uh, that we get to be a part of this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, we have no more updates. When I get more updates, so obviously you guys will know. But um, PPG to Houston is... It's the big thing for the summer. I don't know what else could be, you know, unless they brought a regional with actual prizing to Houston. I don't think anything could top that for me right now. <laughs> no, I would really like to see. Um, I'm really hoping that because uh, I really hope because we have the fact that we're doing it as well. I really want to see a lot of the people that I uh, that I see from other events come down here. You know, I really like hanging out with a lot of people. So um, 
it's definitely going to be fun to hang out with those people in my in the hometown as well. I'm getting some uh, some whispers of uh, some top players thinking about coming down here for the event. So I think it'll be. We're a looking good at you, John Carlo. <laughs> hey, if he comes, he comes. I know. Hey, uh, one of one of us, dog. One of us. It's true. Uh, other than that, I, I don't know what else you guys want to talk about besides shoutouts. Ryan, do you want to kind of? Oh yeah, just throw me under the bus, my <laughs> <laughs> No, but definitely big shout outs to uh number one uh store in the entire uh Texas area, uh Galaxy Gaming. Uh shout out to Omar. Uh big ups always to Omar. We're doing our, uh we're still doing our belt matches every Wednesday. Uh Dave is gonna be doing the commentation for them like always. Uh definitely shout out to the uh, the new team, Team Rays. Uh d- definitely just got into it, so um uh, like I said though. It's a, it's definitely it's definitely a new experience for me. So like I said, I'm gonna learn along the way as well. But nothing's gonna change about me. I'm still gonna be the same person, and we're still gonna be the same uh, Galaxy Gaming, doing our same tournaments on Wednesday. So I definitely want to see everybody come out there to the number one shop in Houston and the number one shop in Texas, Galaxy Gaming. Marco, shoutouts. Yeah, man, shout out to the team with the best players in Houston, Meta Club. Alpha. You know. It's, the, it's just the mind, the way the mind that team works, dude. It's just in, incomparable, man. Like, y'all lucky we retired. <laughs> nah, I'm playing, but no, hey, can y'all, my... y'all unretire? Because I miss my home, I miss the homies, dude. They have uh, started coming out of the woodworks with all these IRL events. So yeah, we uh, some of our team members has definitely been a lot more active, you know. So especially with these webcam events with the new wave of prizing and stuff like that new uh, set 13 released you know a lot of us are going after some of those like chase cards and so forth so we'll give it i do want to give a big shout out to chris though for a topic with the with bojack though (laughs) bojack is a contender there was i never i never not believed him i knew bojack was going to be good when i saw that he could play it from combo yeah, um, there was a top 16. Uh, I think it was um, there was the FOE project. player, Anthony, I believe it was. Uh, he released a video. Figs, yeah, Figs. He released a deck profile on YouTube. You guys should just go check it out. Bojack is definitely a very interesting deck, and playing against it is definitely good. I, I like it. It's a different play style. But, yeah, no, my, my shout-outs are simple. Just shout-out to my team, man. Much love to my boys. They're all great players. We're still expanding. I'm still playing Digimon. We're still playing Flesh and Blood. But Oof, we're definitely becoming nonsense. a little bit more active in uh, the Digimon. I mean, the Dragon Ball scene. I was about to say the Digimon scene. Yeah. I heard that, bro. <laughs> and shout-out to all the teams in Houston, all the local stores. Without our stores, we would be nothing. True, true. Um, I'll wrap things up then. Big, big shout out to, to Lotus Gaming Shop, the host of PPG Houston, the host of the monthly Team Wars, and soon to be the host of the Trash Tier Leader Tournament. If you don't know about it, check us out. Hit me up on the inbox. I'll give you all the deets. But shout out to the Salt Boys, uh, the best team in Houston, obviously. Uh, we let you guys win so you guys don't quit. We obviously want to keep the community alive, so we let you have some things sometimes. But uh, shout out to all the other teams for obviously allowing the community to be where it is. I think we have one of the best communities in the, in the game. Um, definitely shout out to Omar and to Sterling and to Don and all the other car shop owners that I may not know by first name. Definitely big shout outs to, to Lily and Jordan, of course. But all the players, all the teams, uh, any potential players, any potential shops, if you have questions, if you're if you're curious, ask us. We're a very friendly community down here. Um, 
Shout out to the haters one time, actually, because why not? You know, if you're not... Yeah, screw all you guys that are haters. <laughs> if you don't have haters, you ain't doing something right. Exactly. But speaking of trash tier, there's one shout out we all gotta give. Shout out to Reboot Vegito Set 2. Absolutely. Where, where's he at, boys? Hey, Bandai. Oh, Bandai, let me get it. One time. Not a, <laughs> not a reprint. A reboot. A reboot, exactly. Give us the reboot. But that's gonna do it for us. Uh, we'll see how this comes out on the edit scene, but... Uh, thank you guys for listening. We've officially now passed 10 episodes, so we'll see you on the next one. There you go. 10 episode part two. See y'all. Peace. Bye. Jump up.